What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you're all having a great day, and you guessed it, everybody. We are starting with the Brooklyn Nets once again, and of course, we got some more injury news that comes with talking about the Nets. James Harden experienced a setback in his hamstring rehabilitation and is now out indefinitely. Harden experienced the setback Monday during an on-court rehab session and had an MRI on Tuesday. Head coach Steve Nash said he just felt it. He didn't fall or stumble or anything out of the ordinary. He just felt something maybe in the ballpark of a strain. Then the scan revealed that he did suffer a setback. So not much more than other the disappointment that is given there and that we have to rebuild and get him going once again. Harden has now missed the Nets' past six games. He last played on April 5th against the New York Knicks when he just played for four minutes before suffering and rupturing that strain. Harden had been dealing with some hamstring tightness before re-injuring the issue and bringing up the issue once again against the Knicks. He had been progressing well in his rehab and then traveled with the team on his current road trip to continue to ramp up his progress from 3-on-3 to 4-on-4 to hopefully getting back into the game with 5-on-5, but that he just got that setback now. And speaking of setbacks, Kevin Durant, who is also out for Brooklyn with a left thigh contusion or bruise, has had more positive news, though, as his prognosis, according to Nash, is day-to-day. Durant, Harden, and Kyrie Irving have all missed at least 10 games for the Nets this season. No NBA champion has ever had all three of their leading scores in terms of points per game, miss double-digit regular season games, and still win the title. Although shorthanded, these Nets still have to play games and try and find a way to stay at top of the Eastern Conference, and that's what they were doing. But they were facing a rival out, uh, play a team out west, not so much rival in the Pelicans and their young squad at the, as they squared it down in Brooklyn. Zion put up 14 in the first half as he led the Pelicans on his six of seven shooting, pushing them up by as many as 13 in the opening half. But Kyrie, Shamit, Blake, and Mr. Joe Harris would all help contribute to a run that helped the Nets creep all the way back to just a three-point deficit after two quarters. Although Kyrie only scored eight points in the first half, he regrouped and got hot in the second half as he hit a pair of nice shots and then dished out a couple to Joe Harris for a pair of threes and then capped off the Brook, which capped off Brooklyn's 18 to six opening second half run. Big run there by Brooklyn. But, they still, Pelicans still have Zion, number one pick in the NBA draft a few years back. And of course, he was on point, showing his pure athleticism, shortening to the, Pel- the Pelicans deficit to just one going into the final quarter. Through the final three minutes of the game, it was just a square off between stars as Kyrie for the Nets and Zion for the Pelicans, with each exchanging a pair of crafty moves. The two respectable players then were one-on-one with the game on the line, but Irving won on the defensive side as he prevented Williamson from getting a good potential game-tying look and hold on for the Nets to win 134-129. And we just hope that more and more of their players can have quick recoveries so we can see the full health roster. But this bench is holding on really well, and Kyrie is really stepping up into a leadership role. Now on to a key close match Western Conference matchup and the Los Angeles Clippers taking on our hometown Blazers. Unfortunately, it wasn't as entertaining as it should have been in this close matchup with Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard both being out due to injuries, but the game would still go on with PG and CJ squaring it down in the Motor Center. 
PG and the Clippers would get going in the late first quarter with a 12-3 run filled with some PG dunks and shots, putting the Clippers up six going, going there. But the Blazers found a way to set up a floater with short time left in the quarter for CJ to go up and get, with a second left to go up one going into the second. The Blazers guards kept stepping up in the void of Lillard as CJ posted 12 in the first half while Norman Powell put up 17, helping the Blazers maintain a hard-fought lead going into the break. PG-13 and the Clippers came out smoother and more aggressive in the third as they outscored the Blazers 30-22 to in the third quarter to take a four-point advantage heading into the final quarter. But Melo would hit both big, two big shots at the start of the fourth to help the Blazers regain the lead, showing some prime Melo moves there. The Blazers would maintain that lead a majority of the way down the stretch to just over 30 seconds remaining, where George would fight through contact to cut the deficit to just one, though. Down to the wire, PG has the ball and draws contact on the drive once again, which sent him to the line with just four seconds to go. But it was not Dame time as he was out. So next man up, CJ McCollum got the inbound, drove right, pump fake George, and got a great look for the win. But it bounced just off the back of the rim as the Blazers come just short without Damian Lillard 112-113 as they have now lost to the Clippers for the sixth straight time. Just keep in mind though, they put up this fight without Dame but also Clippers didn't have Kawhi. So just think if they do have blame uh if they do have Dame, it could be a great matchup and they, if they lock down Kawhi, which is a very difficult task, but it definitely could be an interesting playoff series. As far as MLB, we will start off with some real fun games in the MLB at the midweek. Kicking it off, we have the Giants heading out east facing with uh, facing a big task in the electric Philadelphia Phillies. Mickey Molak got his this game started with his first career home run, and it was a big homer as it was a three-run shot to the opposite way to put the Phillies up 3-0 in the bottom of the second. Huge there. An RBI single by Buster, Buster Posse in the top of the fifth would get the Giants on the board, though. But the Phillies would respond right back in the bottom of the sixth as Nick Maton would, would got a what looks like a base hit to left. But then the left fielder Alex, Dick, Alex Dickerson misjudged the ball, driving in and giving Maton a triple out of what should have just been a single. Top of seven, now Giants would manage to get runners on first and third for Darren Ruff, who who came in and ripped one dead center to the bullpens as he tied up the game just like that. Huge, huge home run there by Ruff. Although Dickerson did have that bad misjudge error that cost them a few runs, he redeemed himself with a rip to right center gap that scored a runner from second to take the lead for the Giants. Huge comeback there. But in one swing of Bryce Harper's bat, he tied this game up as he crushed a line drive home run to left center field, getting the Phillies offense hype once again. Bottom of nine now, Andrew Knapp has a chance to walk it off for the Phillies. He would ground one hard to deep left field, giving Harper enough time to score from second and an exciting game filled with lots of offensive plays and defensive drama. Phillies win 6-5 and avoid the series sweep. Now let's head to the Rocky Mountains where it was snowing down in Denver as the Colorado Rockies were taking on the Houston Astros. 
the Rockies had the advantage being used to this kind of weather in April as Trevor Story ripped a ball down the line, scoring two runners from second and third, giving the Rockies the 2-0 lead after just the first inning in the snow. But just like that, Yuli Guerrero would barrel one up, driving it deep to left, where it would get over the fence for the two-run homer to tie this one up 2-2 two to two in the top of two. Now bottom of two, lots of twos. Now Yatan Adazia would respond with a homer himself, as this, was, this one was hit more meaningful, though, with it being his first career home run. Later that inning, Dom Nunez would get a knock to shallow center to drive in a runner from third on an RBI single that gave the Rockies the two-run lead once again. Here we go to Nunez again at the, at the plate in the sixth, sitting back and driving one to the opposite gap to tack on to another, another run and add, his RB, add to his RBI total. Astros get a small would get a small spark though in the ninth with an RBI ground out by Grail in the top of nine in hopes of getting the two out rally late game going, but that was that was a stretch for Houston players as the snow kept them coming down, sweeping the Rockies into the wind and the Astros into the wind, as the Rockies get the two game sweep over the Astros. Now to finish off the segment, we have the one of the most exciting teams in baseball, if not the most exciting, in the Oakland A's taking on the Minnesota Twins in an extra inning showdown. The Twins had their best man at the plate to start the game in Josh Donaldson, taking the first pitch he saw, deep left field and way gone. Matt Olson then finally got a piece of that Kenta Maeda curveball that he had been struggling and took it yard to tie this one up one apiece. The A's would then follow with two more runs in that same inning, one coming from an Elvis Ardruas RBI single and the other coming by a pass ball miss air. However, Donaldson would get up again and get the green light on a 3-0 pitch, driving one deep to left for another RBI on the day for him. Then the very next batter, Nelson Cruz, get a hanging curveball and just mash it dead left to take the lead. But Matt Olson was on top of Maeda today as he now crushed his fastball in a no-doubter home run to dead center. Another home run for Matt Olson. He was not letting Maeda get the best of him today. In that same inning, Seth Brown would unload on a high fly ball down the line and work its way against the foul pole for another home run for the A's, giving them the three-run lead. But here we go now to the fifth as Nelson Cruz would get a hold of another high in the zone pitch, taking a deep left center for his second home run of the game. Holy smokes, lots of home runs. The A's defense would then get two airs that same inning, allowing Twins runners to walk into home, uh, walk into home, tying this one up seven to seven. The next inning, Nelson Cruz would get a ground out RBI, which was then followed by a Jory Polanco RBI single to drive in Josh Donaldson, and then Williams Ostadio would go down and get the low ball and crack it to left to drive in Polanco and cap off the third third three-run inning of the game for the Twins. But here come the A's in the bottom half of the inning with runners on second and third for Jed Lowry, who had a beautiful double to the gap, bringing in two runs to cut the deficit to just one. 
Now Matt Olson would try, would then try and keep the rally going and his incredible game going with a rip to left center. But Byron Buxton would come down with the biggest play of the game for the Twins defensively as he prevented the A's from tying the game and getting his team out of the inning with a miraculous catch. Bottom and I now one out. Matt Chapman hits a deep liner down the right field line, but just to the right of the foul pole, saving the Twins from almost a three-run walk-off homer. Whew. But next pitch, Chapman would do the job and get a deep pop out to left as the sack fly sent home a runner for the ten in the tenth to send this one into the tenth inning, tied up ten to ten. And just as Brian Buxton came in clutch in the outfield, he came in clutch at the dish as he took the first pitch he saw absolutely yard with the moonshot into the stands, putting the Twins up two in extra innings. But this part is key, as pinch runner Travis Blankenhorn scored on the homer that Buxton hit and stayed in the game, shifting the Twins' infield round as he was now at second. Bottom of 10, now bases juice for Matt Chapman, who hit, would hit a grounder to none other than Blankenhorn, who would bobble it, who brought, brought Matt Chapman in from third, keeping the game alive. Holy smokes, their big air, big mistake, but they could still stay in it. Base is still juiced. Roman Lorena hits a grounder to Luis Arise, Arise, who fields it in clean ground ball, but airmails, airmails the throw to first as the A's walk it off in the bottom of 10th for a very, two very costly twin airs. The A's get the win in familiar dramatic fashion, 13 to 12 in their third walk off of the season keeping their 11-game win streak alive, becoming the first team in MLB history to start 0-6 and then come back and win 11 straight games later in the season. Wild, exciting baseball this Wednesday around the MLB with a big offenses breaking down the opposing team defenses. As far as local sports, the Warriors softball team needed a bounce back and to get, over, get a win over Cascade after back-to-back league losses. The Warriors started the game off well as they got a pair of runs in the second and fourth as well as one run in the fifth to build up a 5-2 lead with the just two innings to go. But then just like that, Cascade's Kaylee Bode would tie this game with a three-run shot in the top of the sixth as the pressure was now on for the Warriors as they were tied up. The Warriors would respond to the pressure though with getting Kaylee Sadoff all the way to third to set up a sack fly from Reagan Larson that gave the Warriors the lead once more. Emily King would follow with a single to right and would be driven in by Annika Tyron to give the Warriors a two-run edge heading into the final inning. Top of seven, the Cougars would get their first two batters on with singles for themselves and they would each advance on a, ba- a base off of a sack bunt. This this all comes down to Kaylee Bode to the plate with a chance to hit another three run bomb, walk off the and try and walk off the game, but that chance was shut down as Ashlyn Barron came down with the grab on Bode's pop out to seal the deal for the Warriors. Warriors hang on to a 7-5 victory, being backed up by Combs and Tyron on the bump while getting five separate individual hits. Big win there. Sketchy and definitely intense game, but the Warriors did well under the pressure, and I wish them luck in their upcoming games. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you enjoyed all the NBA stuff going around the association. 
fun games there. And definitely all the wildness in the MLB. Huge fun games there. It's been fun to watch baseball, at least in the offensive side. Not to, I mean, it's hard on the defensive side when they're not making as many plays and definitely making a lot of errors because they're not used to balls getting hit there and they're most just either pop-ups or home runs. But it'll get better. It'll get better. And then, of course, congratulations to the Warriors softball team on a great win. So, all-around great stuff, and you can catch all of it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube in the coming future. And I'll see you all in the next one.